Hi, I'm Simon Phillips, and I'm on the next episode of Geek Hard. If you're going to geek out, geek hard. Welcome to Geek Hard, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to Geek Hard. We're a hard... It's a hard, it's a hard, it's a hard set of hard rain's gonna fall. I'm your host, Andrew Young, and with me as always is Mr. Green. Yeah, that's me. I'm here. Yes, I'm excited. You... There we go. He got his catchphrase in, everybody. He's excited! <laughs> that's my catchphrase. Who's okay. excited? Mr. Green's excited. I yes, am. I am. Yes, I am really is. excited. That's yes. right, boy. You know what we're going to do? We're going to have a great what? show tonight. What? what? We are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be fantastic. Later on in the program, we're going to be talking with Moon, the storyteller, an independent comic creator about her new comic, Luna, Queen of the Maru? Luna, the Queen of the Maru, yes. Uh, and uh, it's a sci-fi fantasy epic and uh, we'll be talking about that. We'll also be giving our review of a fantasy of a different sort with Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I'd say fantasy and all other genres can kind of be covered with this film. And Every we'll get, genre. Yeah, we'll get more into it later. It's uh, kind of surprising. Um, <laughs> but in just a few minutes, you're going to get to hear my interview with actor Simon Phillips, one of those actors that... If you've been watching TV or films over the past 10 years, you've probably seen his face a hundred times. He's popped up in little films. He's popped up in big films. And he pops up in the first episode of FUBAR, the new Arnold Schwarzenegger series that is airing on Netflix. It's available on Netflix, all eight episodes. We'll be talking with him in just a few moments. But before we do, we're going to have our first commercial break of the evening. And uh, when we come back, you'll hear... Me talking to Simon Phillips, all happening right here, Geek Hard Reality Radio 101. Hey, everybody, Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you. What's better than listening to Geek Hard? Answer, listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them at tpublic.com slash user slash Geek Hard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Hard shirts. We got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt. Hell, we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch... You want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekart. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geekart right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, friends. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. In just a moment, you're going to hear my interview with character actor Simon Phillips right here on the show. But before we get to that, just want to remind you folks that if you love Geek Card so much that you want to eat it, sleep it, wear it, dream it, well, there's a place you can go where you can't do those things, but you can enjoy more of Geek Card. And that is at 
patreon.com slash geekard. Uh, if you go there, sign up, become a geekard again, you'll be helping us out, bring you this great program every week. But you also get some cool exclusives in return, like early access to podcasts and access to our special exclusive podcasts, including the Extra Hard podcast hosted by Mr. Green, where he and a special guest talk about a movie, a TV show, an actor, a director, you know, peel back the layers and really do a deep dive into what they enjoy about it. Um, number of episodes that are available. You also get access to the pilot episode of a future podcast of Geek Cards, The January Men. It is not a podcast that only happens in January, but who knows? Based on our uh, recording schedule, it might just end up being so. <laughs> so you never know. Yeah, it's one of those things right now. It may have been the curse of uh, putting that title on it. There you go. There you go. But you definitely you can give the first We're going to do episode. 80 episodes in every January. There you go. Well, <laughs> that's it. The first episode's available, and it is, I believe, like two two hours and change long. So it, you yeah, get, it was close to that. Yeah, yeah. So you get like a few podcasts within that one podcast. So definitely check it out. It's all waiting for you at patreon.com slash geekard. Now let's get into the first guest of the night. Last week I got the chance to talk with a British actor who makes his home here in Canada who uh, pops up in a number of TV shows and movies over the years, and he's worked with a number of big names on the uh, big and small screen. And he recently got to work with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the opening scene of the first episode of FUBAR, which is a very classic kind of action scene in a very True Lies-type TV show. Uh, and uh, we talked about that. We talked about much more about his career. Right now, let's take a listen to that interview with Simon Phillips. Welcome to the program, Simon Phillips. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Well, How's it going? That's going all right. It's going all right. I uh, got a chance to check out all of uh, FUBAR Season 1. You yourself have quite a scene in it with Arnold. I know. That's the only way they needed to sell that to me. Is like, Do you want to be part of Arnold Schwarzenegger's first ever TV show? And I, you know, and I was like, yeah, hell yeah. What I love about it, though, is that you got to do... What was essentially like, you know, like a classic Arnold scene, you know, like you think about the starts of uh, a number of Schwarzenegger films from the 80s and the 90s. And those are the types of scenes that set up his character. That's and, it. And you got to yeah. do that. Yeah. So like, what was it like to do like a classic kind of scene with a man that kind of, you know, is an innovator in those types of movies? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was telling somebody else about this. I'm, like, I'm an 80s baby, right? So... They are doing this sort of thing, uh, like as in they're not they don't make these type of things anymore. But also they don't make Arnold Schwarzenegger's anymore. Like him and the uh, Bruce Willis's, Jean Claude Van Damme, Sylvester Stallone's, they're all part of like a pop culture sort of time capsule from the eighties, nineties, and they're not doing it like that anymore. Sort of. So these guys are just getting uh, sort of older, <laughs> um, you know, and they're continuing to work, which is great because they're just you know they're just these living legends at this point. It's great when you get to do something like this and you're like, yeah, absolutely. Because I grew up with all these things, you know, yeah. sort of, um, I remember seeing this as a boy. I never once in my wildest dreams, Andrew, thought that I would be in one of these uh, things with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So for me, this is just great. No, it's crazy because I'm, I'm an, an 80s baby as well. So I grew up with all this as well. And looking at your career, you know, Schwarzenegger. Bruce Willis, Mark Hamill, Rutger Howard, Robert Englund, Jean-Claude Van Damme. You've kind of hit a number of icons. You've gotten to work with I, a number mate, of icons. Let me tell you what needs to happen. Somebody needs to get me Sylvester Stallone on the phone. Because if yeah. I've got him, I've got all of them. There you go. You collect them all. That's that's what you want to well, do. I've got it's... the whole set. And that's what I need is the whole set. When you did this scene with Arnold, you're playing a Flemish character from Holland. And uh, also you happen to be speaking German in the scene. You've never right. spoke German before in your life. You've never heard um, the Flemish accent or at least could pick it out. So when you're getting ready for this, what's the process? Like, what's the work that you do on your own time to create this character? When I got the role, I auditioned just in my own accent, you know, sort yeah. of. And then they, you know, they rang and said, you know, yeah, you have the job. But we want it in a Flemish accent. And I didn't even know what that was, actually, at the time. And I was yeah. like, and what is that? I did not know that that's what that was even called. Uh, so they were like, don't worry, we'll get you a voice coach because you have to speak some German in it as well. You know, sort of, um, and he just zoomed me and we just had a couple of sessions like the, like this, basically, because a lot of it's, you know, technology is cool like that. And then that's how we prepped the show. The first time I 
met Schwarzenegger was on a Zoom, you know, so they just did an episode read through just like this with all the cast. It was great actually because all the cast were on the Zoom as well. So you, it was a, uh, it was a way to virtually meet everybody before we got there. Everybody else got to go to, by the way, really nice places. Uh, you know, they got to go to Argentina and all these beautiful beaches. Simon got to go to a warehouse in Toronto to do his bit. And they were like, yeah, or they go, yeah, but they were like, yeah, but it was just you and him, basically. You know, so when I was like, well, yes. Yeah, I get that. I get that Toronto not being super exciting. Like, I live in Toronto as well. And I know you've shot a lot of things in Toronto. So it's sort of like... Okay, yeah. yeah, just same old, same old. I get it. I didn't yeah. get to go anywhere gloriously, you know, beautiful, like like the rest of the guys did. Yeah. You brought up the fact that you had to learn these things, and apparently Arnold was really impressed with the German pronunciation he, that he thought you were German. And that they're in a break of like, so, you know, we did the scene a couple of times, they're called Cut, and we're just, uh, you know, a lot of filming, I'm sure you know, is, is just waiting around, you know, for them to move the cameras and move like, and do whatever they're doing. Uh, and whilst you're sitting, you know, that's the, those are my favorite times because whilst that's happening, I'm just, you're just sitting chatting with Arnold Schwarzenegger and you're like, this is brilliant. <laughs> but one of the first times he did it, he started speaking German to me and I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't speak German. And he was like, oh, you don't? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I just spoke those two lines or whatever we had in the, in the show. And he goes, oh, and he goes, I thought you did. I thought you were fluent. And I was like, ah, good. I was like, I was really worried about the German. So, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Yeah, she just thought I actually spoke German. So I was like, that's great. Yeah, it's a nice stamp of approval right then. You know, I, know, it's like, yeah, okay, I got that part of the character. Yeah. I was worried about the because I, I don't speak any other languages apart from English. So I really have no sense of not really just am I saying it right, but also am I emphasizing it right? You know, like there's yeah. a there's subtlety. You know, if you speak a language and somebody's like, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kill you. You know, people go, oh yeah, you emphasize the word kill you. But yeah. if I'm saying that in German, I might have been emphasizing, I'm going to kill you. You know, <laughs> sort of, I, you know, I don't know, like, you know, and you might get it all backwards like that. So, so you're always like, I'm sure I'm saying it right, but am I emphasizing, you know, there's so much yeah. subtlety to all these things. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of ironic though. Cause it's like the line is written in there saying, you know, my German's not so good. Uh, yeah. In that part, it's like, and turns out it was. It was turns really good. Out it was spawn. <laughs> Picking up little, like, you know, talents like that for each role. Of course, you're a character actor. You've been in tons of stuff horror, action, drama, uh, even some comedy. You know, it's like you have to take on whatever the role yeah. needs, right? Now, yeah. when you move on to the next job, is it sort of like just a flushing of those talents? Is it suddenly you look back and go, wow, I was able to do that in that movie? Can't do that anymore. Uh, you know what I think it is, is that whenever you do, whenever you get a bit older, Andrew, like, uh, like Simon is now, um, you, you work out that every project is different and that you will probably never, I will never have to speak German again. Like, you know, I'll never have to do that again, but it's not that you, you pick up an extra set of talents. What it is, is you, you work out that you must be receptive to learning new things every project. The, the project before I did that, I had to learn to ride a horse, you know, sort of, mm. but I probably will never have to ride a horse again. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will. But uh, there's different sort of things they ask you to do for different projects. And, uh, you know, it's all good, but really it's the attitude. And this is what has uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger so successful. It's he's receptive to, to, to new things. At some point, he was the most famous person in the world. I mean, arguably, he's still one of the most famous people in the world anyway. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, I'm going to be governor of California. And people would be like, well, you know, like, God, what do you know about politics? You know, so I'm going to go, well, he'll learn, you know, sort of. And not only did he learn, he won, you know, sort of, and he did it. Because he was just, you know, he's constantly opening to sort of challenging himself. Like, this is his first ever TV show. He's never, believe it or not, he's never done yeah. a TV show. Yeah. So you're like, and again, he's like, well, you know, he approaches everything, you know, with the idea of like learning still. And this guy's like 75 years old now. And he's still open to learning. I think that's a great positive attitude. And I think that's what keeps him being successful, to be honest. You're in a lot of different projects. With this project, it was basically, you know, like here you're coming on a, a little guest star role an episode sometimes of course you know you're working on an indie film where you basically have the same length of time that you probably did on that episode to shoot a whole movie exactly. and then sometimes of course there's a lot of hurry up and wait on the bigger projects that you've worked on so for you do you like the the fact that every project has a different flow to it that has like it's you're walking in sometimes it's going to be like you're basically just putting it all out there and killing yourself sometimes it's going to be like Okay, this is this is kind of what we're doing for the next two months, kind of feel. Every project is different, sort of, but it's fun that it's different, you know. Sort of, I think what what I don't like and never did like was the monotony of doing something the same all the time, you know, like mm. a Monday to Friday, nine to five. You know, I was never going to be able to do that. I just don't have the attention span for it, you know. So if I'd always get in trouble or 
because I, I, I get in trouble and then I start inventing games to play at work. So, I, you know, when I was a younger actor, I had to work in call centers and, you know, or offices. As to, and I, I, I just, I hated it so much. But then I like, I liked people. So you always, you know, whenever you're working a boring job, you tend to be surrounded by good people, you know, like sort of uh, people are funny, people are, th- you know, and then you have too much fun at work and then, you, you know, you have to get fired or leave because <laughs> you're like, they're like, you need to take this seriously. And you're like, I'm selling pet insurance on the fact, you know, like I'm not, yeah, yeah I, I don't even know what you're talking about. The importance of play within your job, because there's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of hard work, but at the same time you get to... You get to have that kind of freedom in creating a character and having different moments and stuff like that. But also your life is like is like that then. It's like, yeah. you go, well, one thing, one week you would be doing this and the next week you'll be just doing something totally different. It's just a privilege to be able to be make a life just being an actor. I mean, on, let's be honest, Andrew, I play dress up for a living. Lots of people do proper jobs in coal mines and things like that, you know, like and work in construction and, you know, hard outside work. And Simon does none of that. Simon gets to play Let's Pretend, which is exactly. Great. That's a great job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a great job, you know, sort of. My brother is a soldier. So yeah? <laughs> my other brother is a carpenter. They actually do like real jobs. So at the, at the Christmas dinner table, I'm like there going, you know, oh, I just, you know, <laughs> I'm showing people stuff on TV. Yeah, we can watch my thing right now, you know. <laughs> They must love that. They really. My brother, my, my brother loves that as well. When he goes, yeah, I'm actually a soldier. I was like, interesting. I've played a soldier a couple of times, actually. Let me show you. <laughs> yeah, that's not the same, Simon. I was like, ah, it looks the same. Looks the same to me. Yeah. Now, with this character, he's a shady criminal type character, but he's very much like a power status character. It's like he's the guy that kind of sits there and has like the henchmen and everything like that. So. It must be fun to get to play that kind of character to be like, oh, I get to come and see the action event, but I get to I get to relax. I don't have to worry about any bumps and bruises after we shoot this. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, this is a good. Well, as you say, this is one to start the tone off, like to yeah. establish Schwarzenegger's character. It was a good one to start with because it sets uh, just in case you thought it was going to be too serious or something. It's uh, it, it kind of sets you off on that moment, and then it's uh, it carries off on its own sort of spin. And obviously, this is the old cliche: one last job, you know, sort yeah. of. Uh, which is a lot of that lot going on here, which I I mean I like, you know, sort of. But yes. I didn't have to do all. All my henchmen, by the way, were actually stuntmen. That made a lot of the fighting too easier. Obviously, I just had to go and do the threatening dialogue, you know, sort of. But I didn't have to do any of the actual yeah, fighting. Yeah, you, you got God. you got to be the Bond villain type, which is good. exactly. Yeah. I, was, I I have people for this. Don't worry, you know. Yeah. So. With the series itself, it's kind of cool that it's kind of a harkening back to like a True Lies, Arnold. Yes. I may I love True Lies, and it, uh, let me tell you the important thing about this for me is the comedy bit, right? So yes, yeah. it's action, and same as Fubar here, it's action. But you know, Nick Centura, the guy who created the show and everything, it's action, but it's comedy, you know, sort of. And they go, and they don't forget the comedy, like it's a sort of elevated comedy, and that was what was great about True Lies, and that's what's great about this, you know, sort of. So if you like, if you're old enough to remember that movie, and if you like it, then this this show is definitely for you because it's definitely my sort of show. Yeah, definitely. And it's like it plays throughout the entire series. And even yeah. in your scene, like the scene is played dramatic, but at the same time has an underlying comedy into it as well. It's it like, does. Well, he's got the guy in the, you know, in yeah. the office on the thing going, why the hell would you say that? You know, like sort of, uh, and that's, it's super fun to have that. I mean, I remember the Tom Arnold character. Do you remember in True Lies yeah. that had to do, he was, he was the guy in the van doing that, that same sort of running comedy narrative. They had that in this in this scene as well when he was doing it with me. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's super fun. I, I love all that. Oh yeah, no, totally fun. Tons of fun. Of course, you know, you've got other great stuff coming up. You know, you got uh, you got an appearance in The Witcher coming up, and that's uh, right. The the influencer uh, horror film uh, has got some sequels coming. You're that's you're right. a pretty busy guy. You're a pretty busy guy. So, um, like, do you have much downtime? Between projects? (laughs) No, I have no downtime whatsoever. But you know what? I I was talking to somebody about this last week. Um, I could work 18 hours a day on these sort of things because I love them, right? You know, sort of, I love doing it. So the long days for this don't really matter to me. It's much easier to work an 18 hour day on something you love than a seven hour day on something you hate. Yeah, no, totally, Uh, totally. And that's just always the attitude. So I don't, I like to keep busy because, you know, uh, there are times uh, when you're not busy, sort of, um, but it doesn't happen to me very lately, but uh, that's okay. 
because uh, you're working and when you're working you're not you know you're not at the bar drinking you know sort of yeah, yeah. life up and that's, that's which is probably not good for you, you no know? no definitely not definitely find something you love you'll never work a day in your life but exactly you see it you sure are busy definitely when it comes to your career though like you know you've done a lot of great performances and stuff but for me i gotta say my favorite performance by you has got to be santa claus Got a Santa Claus in Once Upon a Time at Christmas and the nights before Christmas. Those are, you know, they're kind of like campy horror setups, but you play such a beautiful psychopath in those movies. I watched them. I had a kick out of them. And I still had a little bit of Christmas cheer when I watched those horror films. So what was it like playing Santa Claus in such a like almost demonic fashion? It was honestly, it's the most fun I've ever had, surely with the character because you're like it's so crazy and it's so out there you know sort of that uh you can't really take it too seriously but um i mean it's you ju- i'm just never gonna do it again it's one of those you know that we're talking about horse riding and stuff earlier or uh, speaking german this is a big thing you'll never play a psychopathic sander again you know and you're yeah. like but although i said that on the first film i was like i'll never do it again and then we made a sequel and i should i'm probably okay to tell you i'm sure i'm all right to tell people this right uh, that there's a third one coming up you know horror films love trilogies so of course, we, uh, of course. Uh, we got one more coming uh, which yeah, is so you got to put the metal teeth back in no, I gotta be, yeah, yeah those that's got to be the one drawback of the character wearing those metal teeth all day yeah all day well it was the first time i put them in i, thought I had to uh, I, I they said oh you gotta practice with these things right yeah and i was like uh, yeah, I was like, I will, you know, sort of, and I didn't, obviously, uh, because we put me in there, like, so I was trying to be threatening, but they make you lisp a little bit, you know, sort of. <laughs> so when I, you know, when I came to do it first off, you know, I was trying to threaten people, I go, you know, you know, they go, Merry Christmas, everybody, you know, and they're, <laughs> and they're like, you got to, you know, so did you practice Simon? I was like, I, no, I didn't, no, yeah. <laughs> so I had, to, like, I had to ADR some of my first movie. Well, the second movie, it was all right, but on the first one, I had to go into the sound booth and to do all the dialogue again. Third one's called One Christmas Night in a Toy Store. So I think you can guess oh, probably what that is. There it's you bit, go, yeah. It's a bit, you know, Christmas Eve, Die Hard, they can hijack a toy store and mayhem ensues, you know, sort of. So that one's coming up. That sounds like it's going to be a bloody good time. Looking forward to that. But know? I think it's made with a lot of Christmas spirit as well. I know, quite totally. Like I... You know, sort of. So it's the alternative Christmas movie. If you're sick of watching... You know the Hallmark type movies. You know, sort of. Uh, you can watch this. Is uh, this will give you a shot in the arm. You know, sort of. But it's still, it's festive. Still, everything's you know. Yeah, no, I noticed that the, the, about the transitions it. in those films have like the nice light Christmas music, and it does for, like for a few seconds when the blood is not flying. It's like, oh, this feels like a very like cheery little Christmas town. It's lovely. It does, yeah. And then so, everybody dies. And then everybody <laughs> you know, gets beheaded or something. I come in with my axe, and me and Mrs. Claus. I've got, a, I've got a very good on screen partner there Stella de Good and she plays an equally crazy Mrs. Yeah. Claus so yeah, my that's, God. that's these are good fun parts the only thing about that one is uh it's hours and hours in the makeup chair so mm. uh, yeah that's always that's always fun yeah I know because like looking at your face you're a good looking guy in those movies God yeah, it looks yeah. like you've you've been through one too many Christmases definitely that's... yeah definitely they definitely don't make you look great in that one so no, that's not yeah. about making you look pretty imagine my mother hearing this news as well I was like yeah she says what's the thing you're wearing I was like oh I'm, I'm actually playing like Father Christmas and then she oh that's lovely you know like my mum hates all of the horror movies in general I was like yeah yeah hold on I'm not not finished telling you about the movie <laughs> You know, it's it, not yeah, classic yeah. Christmas, it's just classic Canadian horror. That's uh, yes. just the way it is. Yes. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's, that's got to be fun to get to, you know, throw on these characters. But, like, as we said, you know, you're working a lot. How hard is it to leave a character behind? Like, do you sit there and go, man, you know what? It was really fun playing that character. I'm going to miss that character. I am I miss the Santa Claus stuff, but then I, I forget about the makeup, you know, sort of. Because yeah, when yeah. I'm there, I was like, it's so long. And I they have to put these things in my eyes because one of my, you know, sort of. Um, and I, God, I hate that. Do you know what's worse about that is at some point they have this like contact lens that they put in my, in my, uh, this side of my face. And then on some of the close-up shots, they were like, oh, we need to uh, like CG it out anyway, because we can see your eye moving behind it. So it looked wrong. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. 
And then I was like, oh, wait, so I didn't need to wear it at all then? Yeah, it's like, why didn't you so, CGI the whole thing? Jeez. Like, well, like, oh. And they go, well, no, no, sometimes, it, like in the wider shots, we wouldn't have needed to do it. You know, it's the close-ups. And I was like, ah. But in my mind, I'm just like... This thing fucking hurt my eye, so I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I think so." Is it deep. was was it glass? It's a, it's like a contact lens, but it's a full contact yeah, lens. Yeah, yeah. So, so it goes it covers right your over whole, whole eye. Yeah, you know, so, so it's a real. I don't I don't wear contact lenses or anything, so it's a real pain for me to put in. I say me, yeah, like a makeup artist puts it in for me. It must take about fifteen minutes to do because I'm such a baby. Uh, <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like things in my eyes. So I, I do get it in eventually, but it is a process. You know, there's like, you know, one makeup girl is holding your eye open and the other, <laughs> there's another one putting it in, you know, going, okay, don't panic. And I'm like, I'm not panicking. I'm not, I promise. <laughs> oh my God. So basically what you're saying is if you get that dream job with Stallone, you, you yeah. don't want any contact lenses or anything on your face when you do it. Oh no, well, if it's Stallone, I'll do it. You know? Oh, there we go. There we go. You know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to it. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to suffer for your art, Simon. Sometimes, just sometimes it it's gonna, you got to do it. Simon, I can say, I had a lot of fun seeing you in FUBAR and, of course, watching the whole series. I think people are going to have a lot of fun with it. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe there's a prequel series with Ui. With Ui and maybe Sylvester Stallone. That Netflix, that's what you need to do. You need to help me out. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's chat. There you go. Even though, Netflix, even though Netflix are very good to me, I'm like at the moment. So yeah. So yeah. they could be a little better. Send you to Holland. Shoot a, exactly. uh, exactly. <laughs> like why a why don't I get to go to all the beach places with yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Come on. That's not fair. That would be fun. Definitely. Well, I hope that's in your future, man. But of course, looking forward to all the performances you got coming down the pipe. You're, you're a busy actor. The projects are coming uh, left and right, of course, a lot of indie stuff. So, you know, eventually with stuff, there's stuff that you're working on now that we might not see for like three years, but when we do, we're going to love it. So that's right. They're, they're always behind. Like I did yeah. this, I did this show last year. You know? <laughs> there you go. There you so, go, yeah. man. Well, thanks so much, Simon. And uh hope you have, have a great day, man. Thank you, Andrew. So that was my interview with Simon Phillips. Uh You can catch him in the first episode of FUBAR. Uh, airing, oh, Available right now on Netflix. All eight episodes are available starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, you can check it out there. We got an email in from Riley T who says, Hey, geeks, this Phillips guy sounds exactly like Mick Jagger. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess so. Right. And then uh, Riley goes on to say, Spider-Man? Ugh, not so good at all. Well, there you go. Riley has given their review of the film. And when we come back, you guys can email in and give your reviews as well as we're going to give our review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It's all happening right here. Geek Card, Reality Radio 101. Remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. In just a moment, we're going to be giving our review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. But just want to remind you guys, summer is upon us once again. And with it comes barbecue season. And when it's barbecue season, you want to have the right barbecue wear. And the best place you can go is to... T Public 
dot com slash user slash geek card and pick up a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt because it is the perfect shirt to wear at your next barbecue. So definitely go there, tpublic.com slash user slash geek card and pick up a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt or any of the other great shirts we have. Yeah, or other merch. I, you know, I gotta, I gotta double check now to see if there's actually uh, an apron option that we can. Yeah, there might be an apron. I know that there's bag, phone case. Yeah, uh, I believe mug. So I'll I'll have to double check on that because an apron would be kind of cool. An apron would be cool. There we go. Yeah, I got a new barbecue, so I'm like, I'm, I'm knee deep in the barbecue season now. There you go. Maybe you might revive the the restaurant that so many listeners are wishing you would. Um. Anyways, we got an email in from Bart C who says, Spider-Man didn't like it. Save your money. Very direct to the point. Bart yeah. doesn't mince words. No, no. There, it, was, it was short sentences, direct. That's right. Yeah, he went right to, the, to the, Heming- the Hemingway School of uh, Reviews there. Well, it was even less than Hemingway. Hemingway usually always had five words in his sentences. This guy's got three. That's yeah, pretty good. <laughs> economy of scale. Well, we know we move forward in the future. Yes, so we gotta, yes, we gotta, yes. Got to cut words. Evolution, totally. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of evolution, we're going to talk now about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, directed by uh, Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson, written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and David Callum, based on the Marvel Comics characters created by Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Brian Michael Bendis, Sarah Pacelli, Jason Latour, Robbie Rodriguez, Peter David, and Rick Leonardi. Produced by Sony Pictures Animation, Arid Productions, or sorry, Arad Productions. It's been a while since I thought about Avi Arad. Uh, Lord Miller and Pascal Pictures in association with Marvel Entertainment and distributed by Columbia Pictures and Sony Pictures Releasing. Here to read the synopsis is our resident New Yorker, Welcome back to the program, Jimmy the Short Order Cook. Hey, how's it going there? Uh, it's going pretty good, bud. Good stuff. No, we got uh, we got Brooklyn being represented. That's great. You know, I'm from Yonkers, but, you know, it's good to see some of the boroughs getting represented in this film. It's great. New York, New York, Spider-Man, we go together. Together. Forever. Yeah, no, Spider-Man in the woods, not good. No, oh my God, man, no. That's that's a bad idea, totally. Yeah, that's why you're not writing for Marvel. I I didn't say I thought it was a good idea. I just said Spider-Man in the Woods. You is pitched a bad idea. the idea. I heard you no, say you're not here to say. Well, he did say. Yeah, he said it. He said it. You pitched you're, the idea. That was your you're idea. Ve- you're very angry. You're very angry. I'm just saying you're gonna come out with a shitty idea. Own it. Well, you, why do you gotta come be so angry? That's what I want to know. I was fine until you brought up that shitty idea. I don't Anyways, know, you know what? I'm really Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. Mr. Green here's got to redefine what it means to come up with a good idea. Everybody have yourself a great night. Don't forget to tip your weight staff. Spider-Man in the woods, I'm telling you. Next big hit. Spider-Man in the woods. Oh, man. We got an email in from Jane D who says, hey, Spider-Man was about a five, maybe. Oh, and you got to check out this email, Green. Oh, do I? Okay. Yeah. There's there's some okay. barbecue action, a photo of, 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 uh, of our emailer here with their barbecue. They're getting ready for the summer. Yeah, that's it. That's you know that's what you need to do, and, and it's a smoker too. So that's 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 good barbecue. Yeah, that's there you pro- go. Exactly, it's proper. That's real barbecue, totally. Yeah. Um, also, I like that uh, they're wearing kind of like surgical gloves so they don't get their hands dirty. Well, do when you're you... doing when you're doing uh, smoking, you got to get in there, right? Yeah, so. yeah. So so do you do you do you don the gloves even for just regular barbecuing? No, no. no? I have a bare hand all the way until I got to get in there knee deep, right? And then I've then I've got my like my welder's gloves that I can use, right? So There we go. There we go. All right. Well, let's get into it, man. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. What are your thoughts about this new animated film from Sony? Um, yeah. So as we, t- I remember when, you know, uh, I can't, I couldn't, first of all, I got to say, I can't believe how long it's been since the first film came out. Like it, it takes just, a while to make I, that no, animation. I get, 
I, I, I totally understand all of that. I'm just, I was shocked when I remembered how long it had been. Right. I just, I honestly, oh, yeah. I thought it was like a year ago. No. That's what it, it felt like. What end of 2018? Was that it? Uh, it's five years now. Yeah. Yeah. So 2018. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 2018 year. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, it like, it just, but of course I watched the first film so much that, you know, I, that's probably why I just think yeah, it's so. Yeah. You've, yeah. The, the rewatches you've had of it. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. Every once in a while, I'll be flicking through Netflix. I'm going to say, oh, I'm going to start watching this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you and uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, so I, you know, I've been eagerly anticipating this. I was uh, bummed out when they delayed it a little bit. But, you know, I understood, you know, you want to like now that COVID's, you know, essentially passed that, you know, we can get back into theaters. Things are, you know, cooking again. Let's uh, let's let's do it. Right. And uh, and let me tell you, cooking it was I trying to get into a screening last night was hard. Mm. hard last night um now it's that all being said i gotta i'm gonna go right out of the gate first of all with the runtime two hours and 20 minutes as everybody knows not a fan when we go over two hours of almost anything except for here it just didn't seem long enough well it didn't seem long enough especially since they um they back to the future to it here where well, basically, yeah. where basically, it's it's the first half of a movie. That's mm-hmm. what it is. It's like you're getting totally. first and second act, but with all the stuff they set up, it makes me think that that second movie is just going to be like two hours of third act because it's just well, going to be a lot of climaxes, like like because they've set up so many big things to happen in yeah. the second chapter of this story. It it does remind me a bit of uh, how Infinity War kind of ends that. You know, now they they were lucky that the way that they started Endgame, that they were able to kind of give us a little bit of a respite as they built towards that, you know, essentially the last two two hours of that film being mm. being, you know, the climax. Um, or at least that's what it feels like sometimes, right? I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying like it's it's the action right once it starts going, it's it's like full tilt. Yeah. Um as far as this film is concerned, uh, I I honestly, I didn't really find any areas that really dragged too, too much. Mm-hmm. A couple points, I probably, you know, I would say, yeah, you probably could have trimmed like a minute out of this or a minute out of that, like whatever, right? Like the extended chase sequence, um, you probably could have trimmed some of that. But at the same time, there's a lot of fan service in that, in yeah, that yeah, sequence. Yeah. So I get kind of like shoehorning some of that extra stuff in there. Um, yeah, so like getting to it, like what I liked right off the top is that they've uh, they've moved forward in time. Like it's it's been just over a year since the events of the first film in in continuity, and uh, Miles has moved on. He's he's growing up. He's getting he's a little bit bigger than he was in the last film. Mm-hmm. He's he's matured into his Spider Man now. And... But he's not the only one. No, and you know it's he's he's doing all those things and. Uh, you know, I, I, I like that, you know, and uh, it starts off, you know, with a, like what I I know you're you might argue with me, you know, being more of the, the Marvel guy. But what felt more like a classic Spider-Man villain to me with the spot, you know, just kind of this like weird, goofy, you know. Well, but yeah, not well, goof- not, yeah it kind of, there are two levels to a Spider-Man villain. Yes. There's your big guns and then there's your third tiers. And yes, the spot is and it's kind of touched on this. The spot is historically a very comedic character in the sense that most people don't take him seriously right um, writers have played with that to make him more menacing just like it kind of is happening here in this story well and that's the thing is like he like th- that character starts off in that kind of more classic you know let's have some jokes and have some fun with it mm-hmm. and you know like the almost uh like um slapstick comedy versions uh, you know of of his uh his uh, rogues gallery and that's i was cool with that that's that's fine and but then as the because like as we move forward right i don't think it's really uh uh, ruining anything here to say that uh miguel really feels like you know a villain at least to me well the idea is that you've got two pronged antagonists here you've got the one that somebody who's out for revenge and somebody who is kind of like a thanos in a sense of like balance and order you know 
Oh man, every yeah. time, every time we went down that path, I was just, I'm just like stewing inside, right? Like just stewing and which is, I get it, you know, like, and that's why like Hobie, like I, 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 I was like, I'm identified like at first I was kind of like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, actually, sorry. I got to stop here for a second. Cause this just reminds me. As much as the animation style I loved in the first film, this film I found takes it into like a completely different realm than the first film. The first film had a very distinct style. Yeah. We open with Gwen and Gwen's universe, and that has its own animation style. Yeah, yeah, and a very much a pastels. Yeah, like a washed too. watercolor. You know, like it's it, and. Uh, I was like, okay, this is kind of, this is kind of cool. And then I, what I was pleased to see is that each of the universes kind of replicates that they have their own. Yeah, because like if you look at with Miles's, like even they've even upgraded Miles's mm -hmm. uh, worth as well. Now it's like the idea is that if you're not in the foreground, you're almost static. There's kind mm -hmm. of like a static kind of like out of focus kind of nature to it that kind of clicks into view when it has to, sort of thing. Yeah, and then yeah, she's got the pastel kind of look. Um, then of course the future look has its own look as well. So, yeah. And as we go through some of these different universes, you know, uh, like when we go into, um, uh, 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 Pavatar's, uh, his, you know, his, uh, New York version of New York, right. Um, that, you know, it's got its look and every, like every one of them. And I'm like, that's, that's super cool. Mm -hmm. Including the, the New York that uh, we were semi surprised, uh, semi surprised to see in this film. There's a specific right, right. There's a specific one. I, you know, the thing, the key, the keen eye. You knew yeah. that that's where it was going. But of if course. you were like, maybe if you blinked and missed the at the second, wrong at the wrong yeah. point, because it's like yeah. it's like a, it's big, it's noticeable, yeah. but it's only there for a split second. Yeah. So if you looked away for a second, you might be like, "Oh, we're we're in the clear. We're getting to where we need to go." Oh, okay, we're in this New York now. Yeah, th this is this is one of those classic things where I like you and I both have talked about this before. This is where like there's a whole subgenre plethora of uh, of on on YouTube of videos where it's like the things you missed, you know, and like yeah. and endings explained. Yeah. Apparently, there are 301 Easter eggs in this film. Buddy, I'm surprised it's only that low. <laughs> yeah. Like it really, like as I was watching it, like especially when they get to the, um, uh, the like the 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 I don't know the the Justice League of Spider Man, right? Like I forget what yeah. they call that. You know, like, they that... found a way to up the meme. I was like, they did the yes. meme in the, in the post credits to the first one. How are they going to yeah. do it in this? They upped it. Yeah, uh, it was it was a good version, which we see in the trailer, but it's it, it in full context. It, I thought it worked even better. Yeah, but like groundbreaking animation check it's all there and i think though but i think it's so groundbreaking that it might alienate some viewers who are not ready for the idea of like the shifts and changes in the animation style because it happens frequent enough in this film but to me just as much as the animation is just so cutting edge the voice cast kicks it up a notch in this like you've got your returning people like you know shameek moore uh, Haley Stanfeld, uh, Oscar Isaacs was in the first movie in the post credits. So Oscar yeah. Isaacs, Jake Johnson, but then you know, Shea Wiggum as Captain Stacy. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah no. it's like oh well, they got Shea Wiggum, perfect. Shea Wiggum playing a Shea, Shea Wiggum role, that's great. Uh, Andy Samberg as Ben Riley, which oh my god, the fact that Ben Riley is in the movie is hilarious. Well, and every it's like I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna brood. Like yeah. that's like like all he's always talking third person. I just yeah. that I really enjoy. But then, like for me, I think the real standout performance was Jason Schwartzman, because yes. in his voice, the changes of his character from comedy heel to an actual menace, you can hear it in his voice performance, which is just I thought it was fantastic. Definitely, I'm pretty sure what you're gonna say here. But are you saying see it in theaters, wait for one throw streaming, or skip it all together? Oh yeah, no, no, no. I am all on board. Like contrary to some of our uh, our emails here, and I, you know, I totally respect it. Like for the yeah. various reasons, right? Not everything is for everybody. This just this really speaks to me. Not because of anything super big love of Spider Man. It's just I really love this universe, and I think and Shamik, we didn't really get into it, but Shamik Moore's 
characterization around Miles is so great that mm. I just I love this character. And you know, this is a long thing between me and you. I've been talking since like probably about 2010, 2011. I've been talking about that I had never thought they should have gone to Peter Parker in the live action, that they should have right, went right. immediately to Miles Moore. Um, Miles Morales, I should say. Miles so, Moore. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> he sounds right. like an English lord. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> but go to, go to Miles Morales. But, you know, it's like, I look at this and I'm just like, yeah, this is this is great. And some of the other little Easter eggs that are in this film for for are some of our MCU fans, uh, I really enjoyed as well. I liked I liked that com- combination. Yeah, I well, I was really happy to see that the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon mm. got into this. It was, it was kind of cool. As soon as I saw that on screen, I immediately thought of you because we've yeah, talked about it before. Totally, definitely. Uh, of course, definitely. I think you should check it out as well. I think it is a masterpiece. It's very artistic. Uh, really, I'm annoyed that I have to wait a year to see the second half of it. I know, right? Um, but, uh, but as I said, for people who might not like the artistic choices in it, that might be like, oh, there might be some people who find, like, if you get affected by strobing effects and things like that, this might be a bit too much for you in theaters, but I think most people should get a kick of that. Yeah, theaters. it's, 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 it is up a notch compared to the first film, which yeah. also had some detractors because of that. Yeah, so be, totally. just be, be fair warned of that. Be advised, sure. definitely. All right, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Moon the Storyteller about her independent comic, Luna the Queen of Maru, right here, Geek Hard, Reality Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geek Hard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy, it's simple, it's fun. Email us at geekhardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. Now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. The program, a little comic talk with our last guest of the evening. She is an independent comic creator who uh, who has a new series, Luna, the Queen of Maru, which is uh, the first issue is now available, and. Uh, the second issue is coming. Over 5,000 copies have been sold, and it received the Indie Comics Dispatch Award for a series with most potential. Welcome to the program, Moon the Storyteller. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you yeah. great. Thank you for coming on. So, uh, of course, we got to check out uh, the first issue of Luna the Queen of Maru, uh, which is available now. And I know originally you guys did, had a successful Kickstarter campaign to launch it, and you guys are hard at work on the second issue, but the first issue is out there for people who haven't gotten a chance yet to check out Luna. What is the book all about? Yeah. So I'm, I'm practicing my pitch for my upcoming comic con. So I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to practice on you all. So um, Luna is a mix of X-Men colliding with the game of Thrones. So it's about a queen who um, discovers she has powers and she is the only one that can save her world from an evil threat. And I wrote Luna because I just want to remind every um, brown and black kid that they are loved and they have the power to change the world. Yeah, no, that's I, that's, that's great. Yeah, no, it's it's a definitely uh, I think uh, um, some lessons that we can take in this world. Uh, you know, over the past uh, well. Hundreds of years, I guess, would be the, the way to look at that. Uh, uh, but I noticed that those themes were coming through, even in like uh, some of the conversations that Luna has with her parents in the in the story. Right? It's just like about you know, uh, it, it's not about the me; it's about the the we. Right? Like it's about the group and 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 not keeping things to yourself. Like when, when she talks about that, she wants the moon and you know things like that. And mm-hmm. I, I really like that kind of because it's like we don't 
we still in media don't see that enough. Like that, uh, there seems to be like this pushback on uh, being selfless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, that's why. I mean, I'm just just to kind of go off topic. That's why I love the adaptation of Tony Stark because his 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 character arc went from being really selfish to being completely selfless. You know, so um, I really resonate with storylines like that. So it was important for me to make sure that you saw this in Luna as well. Well, totally. And uh, yeah, the uh, the first issue does a lot of setup of this world and kind of the sociopolitical landscape of it as well, because, you know, it's like Luna, she she had a love. That love kind of screwed up big time. And since then, he's been kind of like just kind of self-exile on his own with his team who all mm-hmm. have powers. She's got another man who's devout, who's good, but she still has feelings for the first mm-hmm. guy. And that, to me, it's like, even though there's a lot of like, again, a lot of like airs and graces and like, as you say, Game of Thrones type levels of like positioning, uh, it's just it the the base emotions of the story come out pretty easily. Like most people can relate to stories like this. Totally. I hope so. I hope so. And I appreciate you. Um, and, and, and I'm glad that you're not familiar with my, you know, my work and my brand, but you were able to get that from reading it. So I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. And I hope that that's, that's experience for a lot of people who read it. Yeah. So with the, uh, the, in this story, the uh, the people with the powers, the energy keepers, what was it when you sat down to work out, okay, this is how the world works, what was your decision to make it? It's like, okay, these people are going to be gonna be referred to as energy keepers. Like, how did you set up the lore of the actual, like, power system amongst the people? Mm-hmm. So I, I do believe we have all, we all have energy. We all we all have energy in some form. Some Sometimes it's negative, sometimes it's positive. But where, you know, we have we always say, man, you're giving off a really bad vibe today, you know, or man, this is a this room has a lot of negative energy. And there's a reason why I feel like there's a reason why we say that is because we all possess, you know, energy that we can harness at different times. Um, and then in the future, I'm, I'm very sci fi, you know, I, in the future, I do feel that once we tap more into our purpose and tap more into the universe, I think that that energy will just only be amplified. So I feel that that when you see Luna and the other energy keepers, that's my interpretation of how the future can look like if we allow it to be. So, um, but that's why I call them energy keepers because we do have some so energy within us. It's just a matter of how we choose to express it every day. And of course, you know, I've got to add a little bit of razzle dazzle and make them, you know, be able to fly and <laughs> um, be super strong, you know, so. <laughs> well, that's one of the, the great, the great things about, uh, you know, sci-fi, like all fiction, you know, works when you, when you take the, as you talk about, like the, that sense of uh, reality, those things that we see every day that we like, you know, and, and like, the, like the energy and then just as you said, put the razzle dazzle on it and just, you know, put it out there and, you know, and, 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 and zhuzh it up a bit so that uh, we get into these fantastical realms. One of the things I, I, I found interesting was the idea that you're not, this universe isn't uh, separate from our own. It's, it's far into the future and, you know, humanity has moved off of earth and out there into the universe and then, and it's continued to, to to thrive and and on Maru it, it it really seems like we're getting it right at this point in the story like we're we everybody seems to be you know like kind of uh taking that cohesiveness that you were talking about like the, that that those ideas I think that's uh that's great you know and I think it's awesome that we see that in science fiction is that why you like science fiction so much because it do, it can have that kind of uh optimistic view of the future mm-hmm yeah, I do. I, I love I love future if um, futuristic stories, fantasy, because it does take us out of the reality sometimes. Um, you know, and especially in this culture, in this country, African American women have had it really hard. And so when I, you know, 
create when I created this story, I wanted to make sure I was very intentional about making her life a soft life that they call it now is in, I didn't want her fighting and punching in every scene. Like you see some other black characters in the comic books. I want, I was very intentional with, with making sure that she, she lived in peace. Her existence was, was um, born out of peace, which is very different from a lot of the, the African-American experience in this country, in the United States. So, um, but yeah, that's why I love sci-fi and, you know, I love X-Men. I love these, these superhero movies because even though they do touch on, you know, some of the harsh realities like racism and, and, you know, all, all that, all that horrible stuff, you can still see, I can still see myself in those worlds, like, you know, being a superhero. So I was very intentional with Luna being a queen and being at peace and being born from peace. She, but but then this threat comes comes and tries to ruin that peace. And so she has to like step up and like, okay, you you want you want to see it, I'm gonna give it to you. But um I just I wanted to make sure that this character was not fighting every single scene because I'm just tired of seeing us fighting all the time, you know. So but yeah, that's why I love fantasy because because I think that's that's where we truly tap into who we really were meant to be. We were all really meant to be one and in, in unified, and it's only the few people that really make it hard for us to do that. So, right, right, and <laughs> like I've heard you talk about it before, it's it's good to have a story out there with a strong black character that's not just about oppression and getting over the the all the oppression that's happened because there are a number of stories out there which is which is good that like that's that's important to to cover that but it's it's there's not enough you know being like very like pro champion of you know black culture which mm-hmm. i feel like this this is this is a step in the right direction for that definitely yeah was that some, was that that was that was one of your goals of putting this come together yeah i i i want it I intentionally wanted to stay away from that stereotype. I mean, there are a lot of great indie stories out there featuring black, strong black women, but that strong black women has been, has been equated to being able to throw a punch. And that is not Luna. Luna Mm -hmm. leads with her heart. You know, Luna's a lover. She's not a fighter, but just like with any, woman any woman regardless of culture if you push her she's going to she's going to come back and she's going to come back strong but i wanted to i was very intentional about showing the other side of women you know we're not just you know we're not going to be just punching you in the face we want i wanted to show you the other side i wanted to show you a love story i wanted you to see her as a mother you know she you know she's going to spoiler she's going to have kids um i wanted you to see her ruling you know, I wanted her. I wanted you to see that interaction with her people. So, um, and I hope that people, you know, enjoy this experience and and really open their minds to what I'm trying to to say in this story. Yeah, totally, yeah. and you have cool characters in it as well. Like, uh, I really enjoy Abec. Uh, kind of has a Wolverine type vibe to him with the whole, you know, mm-hmm. having the wolf uh, superpowers mm-hmm. and uh, the strength, the stamina, the durability enhanced senses and stuff um i very much feel i can get the feel from this that even though things are going okay at this moment for him that he's gonna fly off the handle at some point something's gonna push his blood up at some point somebody's good to do something stupid and he's gonna be quite the angry guy i feel yes you, you that that is a safe spoiler that that is very true <laughs> that is a that is a, that's a true statement um but it's it's gonna be you know when when those issues come out I'm gonna send you the issue, um you, it'll be in the way you least expect it. It's okay. not gonna be the way you think. So, right. but yes, that is that is true. He you will see, you will see. You think he's ruthless now? You're gonna see him in his full glory when because he's gonna be provoked and you'll see it. Nice. <laughs> I you know and, and like as Andrew mentioned the the you know the characters like there's some great characters in there but one of the th- things that helps make that you know besides your story is uh your artist uh, uh Ian Sebastian and I was just wondering if you could talk a bit about that like how you guys came together because the the artwork uh really 
coinciding with your storytelling, like is together is working really well to make these characters not only look powerful, but also like really beautiful throughout without being into that classic comic stereotype of, you know, sexy people. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, he, so I was blessed because I did go, I did kind of scout around in my own indie community but I, the, you know, the indie, the indie creators, artists in this this part of the country are very expensive. <laughs> so at the time, I just didn't have the money, and it wasn't because I didn't; they weren't great. It's just I didn't have the money. So right. I actually went on Fiverr, and oh. I, I, you know, posted posted this job. I said, "Hey, I just need a few sketches of these characters," and Ian was one of the artists that responded. And so we started, you know, a beautiful relationship. You know, he he has really brought these characters to life. And what I love about his his style is that he's not afraid to tell me if something doesn't work. Like he's like, this ain't gonna work. You know, he'll read the script and he'll say, Mm-mm, we gotta do, we gotta switch this around. So because I know how I'm gonna draw it and it's not gonna fit this. So he actually has helped me a lot with the paneling, you know, how how to place the panels. Um, the colors and the tones, and and I didn't know colors can influence the tone of a of a page. I, I mean, he's been teaching me so much, um, and he's based out of Asia, so you can kind of see some of those influences, especially in the pinup of Luna on the cover. Um, so I'm I'm just really grateful, and he's he's very he's getting busy. <laughs> he's getting busy, so we, we we've been that's a little challenging, kind of working with his schedule, but he's been a blessing. He's He's very talented and he's done it all. So he did the pencils, the inks and the colors, he, the flat colors. And then he works with someone else to do that, that last layer of coloring. So I just been very blessed to, to be able to find him. And he's very honest with me. So um been very blessed. Yeah. And he, and he, and he, he's the type of person that you can actually see his work being on a storyboard. Cause he he that's how he draws. He draws like this will be turned into a movie. So I I love it. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I get what you're saying about the you know when you mentioned uh, getting busy. Because um, the <laughs> that's the thing. You find a good artist, and then other people start to find that good artist too. Especially especially in indie comics, it's like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta watch out for those other people trying to steal your artist. Totally. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But uh, you actually have a your first Comic Con for Luna coming up. You're, you're going to be mm-hmm. tabling uh, in Washington at Awesome Con, uh, it's June 16th to 18th. So just before Juneteenth, which I think is a great people should go pick up that book mm-hmm. at the show. So are you excited? Uh, are you all prepared for the event? I, I feel like I am. You know, my husband's coming with me. Um, my son will be there one day. So we're just and I have a really great support system. Um, I, I'm with Concrete Comics. So they've been really helping me train, you know, train, like help me develop my pitch, tell me my equipment I needed to order. Um, and so and I got off off with another fellow creative. He was telling me little like put candy at the table and maybe do a raffle. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm just so excited to finally just kind of throw myself in there. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And they'll be in Washington, D.C., June 16th through the 18th. So come and I'll be at table C31. So come and see me. Perfect. So there you go. So if you're going to awesome con in Washington, DC, definitely go by table C31 and check it out. Uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on to to the program moon. I was thank and thank you so much for sharing this comic with us. Uh, Absolutely. It was, it was was a fun surprise, you know, because we, we have a lot of indie comic creators reach out to us and some of them it's like, Okay, thank, thanks, thanks a lot. Uh, but then other people, it's like yourself. There's like, wow, this is pretty. I got, definitely got to tell people about this. So uh, thank you. Well, thank you for accepting my my request to join to to come onto the show. I appreciate. I was yeah. actually shocked you, you you responded. I was like, oh, he responded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, we we actually do. You know, read like whatever indie comics are sent to us because you know we 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 like to support. The indies because because of how you know the future the future comes out of the indies without them without people like yourself you know comics wouldn't be a, a great place to hang out and, and and read great work so you know and yeah. like like luna so it's it's great to have you here for that thank you so much for having me and when issue two comes out i'm gonna let you know 
Awesome. Hey, where can people get issue one right now? You can go to um, two places. One, you can go to Concrete Comics. Concrete is spelled with a K. ConcreteComics.com. And you'll find Luna there on the website. Or you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Moon the Storyteller. There you go. And so, yeah, Concrete is spelled K-O-N-K-R-E-T. Comics.com, definitely. All right. So thank you so much for coming on, Moon. I hope you have yourself a great evening. Thank you. Y'all have a good night. Great. Thanks, Thanks man. Bye. Bye. So that was Moon the Storyteller. Uh, you can check out uh, her work at uh, of Luna, the Queen of Maru. She one's available at ConcreteComics.com. And, of course, find her on social media, on uh, Twitter uh, and Instagram. Oh, sorry, Instagram. What was the other one? Instagram and TikTok. Sorry, Instagram and yeah. TikTok. Moon underscore the underscore storyteller. So there we go. Uh, we come to the end of the program, Mr. Green. Where can you, the good people find us? Uh, as always, if you like what we do here, you can check out additional content through patreon.com slash eCard. For everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You guys are amazing and awesome. Thanks. And, and for everybody who doesn't yet do it, that's super cool. We get it. We understand. But it'd be super cool if you joined us. Join us. So the way you say that, I was expecting it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. No. Uh, but yeah, we're not Begin a cult. to anger. That's, yeah. <laughs> I should work on my Palpatine. Um, of course, you can find additional content through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Heart Show on any of those platforms. You'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekheartshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show, available on Mondays after 2 p.m. But, of course, if you didn't listen to us live and you're super forgetful like I am, the best way to hear us is to do what, Andrew? Is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and wherever you catch your pods. And please, while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review because help with the analytics and the more people to know, the further we go. Absolutely. And of course, if you want to continue the conversations with us at any time, you can always email us, geekartshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Moon the Storyteller and Simon Phillips for coming on the program. For Simon Phillips, for FUBAR, uh, for um, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, for Moon the Storyteller, for Luna the Queen of Maru, for Mr. Green, and for Yuri in the booth, this is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, well then... You might as well geek hard on Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Geek Hard with your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green, right here on Reality Radio 101.